Thank you. Good morning to all of you. It's good to be with you, people here in Pennsylvania. Uh, been a while since we've been here. Been here numerous times and I've attended here and we've always enjoyed that. And we trust this morning, uh, as we're together for this short while, that your lives will be touched as we already have been. I can echo this morning that last song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Uh, back in 2010, most of that year, we were, Dale was talking about choice books, we were, uh, <coughs> we were in Florida doing choice books. My wife and I took a year off and, and uh, pursued that, and, and that was one song that, that I held on to. Uh, it was such a blessing to, hope you can hear what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, it was such a blessing to uh, under, help, just help me understand that, that father's love uh, during that uh, year of being somewhat in a, I mean, very much in a very different environment and all those things. And uh, so I trust this morning that as we're together, that we will be strengthened again and just uh, encouraged to go on with the Lord. I'm glad I'm not only talking to Pennsylvania people, I'm thankful for a couple of Davis, Davis County girls over here that I'm sorry they have to put up with me this morning, but, <laughs> uh, and then my, our family, part of our family's here, but that's okay. My wife, she hears this, she hears this old guy speak quite often, so. <laughs> Uh, but she always tells me she's praying for me, so I really appreciate that. The story is told of a, I don't know what you're expecting this morning, but the story of, has, has been told, I don't know if it's a true story, but of a certain preacher that was, well, for whatever reason, found himself in the hospital, and the nurse came and took his temp temperature, and by mistake, she got a barometer instead of a thermometer, and when she read it, it said dry and windy. <laughs> And so I hope you won't find that this way this morning. Uh, and one other story that, that I remember over the years, my one year we were at, I mean, some years back, we were at a, some fellowship meetings, and this little guy about this size right here ran up to me and, and my wife, and he came up to me, and remember this little guy, he was a little foster boy, and, which is okay, and he... he uh, he had some mental, mental handicaps, which is, that's okay, too. I'm not making fun of him this morning, but this was a, a genuine story. He came up and he said, are you a preacher? <laughs> and I said, yes, I am. And, and we kind of knew the, the family setting there and everything, his, his foster parents. And my wife then asked him, what makes you ask him that he, if he's a preacher or not? And he pointed at my big belly. <laughs> That was his impression of a preacher. <laughs> I don't know why, why those things happen, but they do. And uh, anyhow, so much for that. But we are, I'm glad this morning that we serve the same God in Indiana that you serve in, in Pennsylvania here. That way when we get together, we're on common ground, aren't we? <laughs> we, have, we have so much in common that we can just uh, thank the Lord again for, for what he's doing in our lives and uh, this morning, I want to share some thoughts with you that probably were born out of, not probably, 
were born out of uh, my own personal experience, even in recent month, two months, and probably even more so in the last year. And those thoughts are along the line this morning of the word perseverance. Now that's a word that we don't use commonly amongst our discussions with each other. Uh, you know, you don't walk up to somebody normally and say, how was your perseverance this week? <laughs> or are you persevering? The greeters at the door this morning didn't ask us that. I didn't expect them to. <laughs> but that, that's a word, oh, I forgot. Here's another lady that has heard me preach before. She was just a little girl. <laughs> so uh, they lived in our area for, for a while. And so we're glad to see them again. But anyhow, we don't use that word very much, but it is a Bible term. It's a term that, that we need to look at, and I looked at here more recently, and thinking of uh, some of the things that come our way in life. The word, the word perseverance simply means being steadfast. Persistence. And I would like to express this morning that what I, what I share, and I'll just give you a few little personal things that, that brought this about, this thinking pattern, I guess. I'm always open to what the Lord has for, for a message and, and so forth like that. And so as, as I'm thinking about these things that happen in my own life, I know we could go around this room this morning and, tell, and ask you, well, what are some things that have been difficult in your life? Just, just in the last month, what, what are some of those things? And I understand uh, there's, a, there's a couple here that just lost a little baby recently. So the, those are hard things in life. Things that we don't have total answers for, really. We don't quite understand why do those things happen. And, and the question comes to us then, why do difficult things happen to Christian people? Wouldn't it be nice this morning if you and I could go through the course of a year, let's say, and nothing rough comes our way? We're, everything is just, I mean, everything just goes great. Every, I mean, nothing, there's no problems, there's no nothing. We, everything, everything just falls into place. Would that, would that be good for us? <laughs> Probably not. But we, in our minds, we think sometimes, I wish that the way it was, but for some odd reason... We come up against some hard things in life sometimes that are just, we can't figure it out. And so I want to share some thoughts that, on that this morning. There's a song that we sing out of a hymn book. That's, it's in a lot of hymn books. Am I a soldier of the cross? We all know that song, I think. Am I a soldier of the cross? A follower of the lamb? But there's a verse in that song that says like this. Sure, I must fight if I would win. Increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil, endure the pain, supported by thy word. That songwriter knew what difficulties were about, I believe. I don't know who he was, but he understood that concept, I believe, at least in part. That he was willing to toil and endure the pain, supported by God's word. And so, this morning, as we think of perseverance, 
Uh, one of the things, I'll just share this as quickly as I can, because I want to go into the scriptures then. One of the things uh, that I've, it seemed like a, numerous things have happened to me personally in the last while and over the last, course of the last year that have not been pleasant things. <laughs> I, I just wish they wouldn't happen. One of them is I've had uh, probably right at a year now, it started a year ago, I started with double vision. I look out at things, wake up in the morning, I look out, everything's double. Double image, one up here, one down here. And we've had some fun with that. Maybe we shouldn't have, but, you know, looking at your wife, you see two, that ain't the, what do you do? <laughs> but whatever the case, and we've, we've kind of joked about some of that. You know, you look out over the church, people, when you're up there preaching, you see everything's double. It's, it's really not a good thing. It's very unhandy. <laughs> And, and through the course of the year, or until recently, I figured out, we found about, out about a doctor in the state of Ohio. I wasn't getting really any results at home, going to doctors, and I don't know how many doctors I've been to already, but uh, found out about a doctor that we finally went to, because uh, he called me personally on the phone one day through another course of action, and said, I think, I think we can help you, he said. Well, I didn't know if he could or not. Nobody else could. <laughs> we had an anointing service in my eyes at church and all that, and that... And, I, and when I do that, I just, I just leave it in God's hands, whatever he wants. I, d I don't have any control over all this. I can do some things if, if, if the Lord directs that way. But anyhow, long story short, we went to that doctor back in July, and, and he did some things to, to my glasses, put some temporary things on there. I still have something on this side. But a month later, we went back, and he pulled them things off, and believe it or not, I could see single that was a big answer to prayer. But it was a difficult time. I'm still not totally through the woods, but I'm on, I'm on the right track. 85%, I would say, better than what it's been in the last year. I really, I really enjoy that. Good vision, again. As I look at you this morning, I have good vision. And I'm thankful for that. And then more recently, a little over a month ago, <clears throat> we kept hearing that my youngest sister uh, has cancer. And uh, didn't hear that it's not something they, you know, they were working with it and whatever. Didn't hear of anything real critical, but all of a sudden the tables turned and her life was in danger of being taken. And we heard about that. They live in the state of Oregon, a long way from where we live. She has a family, has one grandchild, two now. And... Uh, my youngest sister, and I, 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 this thing hit me again, why is God allowing another one of my siblings, this is the third one out of six of us, that has cancer and the other two have died, and now she's passed on. We made a trip to Oregon one weekend, just, I said I'd like to go out and visit her while we're still able to talk to her. She was, they had her at home at that point after trying some things on her. And we got out there on a Friday evening at eight o'clock and by, 10 o'clock that night, she passed. We didn't expect that when we went out there, so we stayed for her funeral. I had, and the question came to me, why, why? Did God make a mistake? I don't think so. But those are things in life that we deal with. They're hard. And we may never know the reason. And 
And then just a few, just in the last week or two, I had another episode of coming home from work one night. I was riding with the guy that I ride with a lot, and I got a, a bad pain in my stomach and got out. Of, I told him to stop, got out, and I ended up passing out on the ground there. And that's the second one I've had this year. I don't know what's causing that. But um, hard things in life. How do we respond to that? What does the Bible have to say about that? Let's turn our Bibles this morning to Hebrews <clears throat> chapter 12. That's where I want to start this morning. I want to uh, try to be as prompt as I can this morning. But before I read Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12, I would like to share with you something that I knew before, but it just refreshed my mind again. Somebody, somebody posted this on Facebook just recently, and I was reading over it. I had read it earlier some years ago, and, and I, I'd like, I've been meditating about going back into the Martyr's Mirror again. It's a big, thick book that we don't look in very often, but there's a lot of good information in there of bygone years back into history of people that have persevered for the cause of, cause of Christ. We don't, we, the four Gospels we refer to often, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these are, we, we talk about them anymore, all the time. We, we refer to those scriptures, the Sermon on the Mount, and all the teachings of Jesus are basically in those four Gospels. And then Paul, of course, goes on in some, a lot of his writings and, and, and refers back to those teachings. But we, we, we read those scriptures and we think, we don't stop and think what those men went through and how their lives ended. It was not a bed of roses, dear ones. Matthew suffered martyrdom in Ethiopia, killed by a sword wound. He was, he was stabbed and died from it. The one that wrote the Gospel of Matthew. Mark died in Alexandria, Egypt, after being dragged by horses through the streets until he was dead. How would you like that kind of a treatment? You think we have problems? <laughs> Pretty mild, isn't it? The Gospel of Luke. The man Luke was hanged in Greece as a result of his tremendous preaching to the lost. Rope tied around his neck and hung. Killed him. That's, there was some perseverance going on before that ever took place. Those things don't just happen by accident. There's a cause. And the Gospel of John he faced martyrdom when he was boiled in a huge basin of boiling water. Oil. I'm sorry, not water. Oil. Thrown in there alive. And for some reason, whatever the reason is, he survived that. Later on, he was put on the Isle of Patmos and wrote the book of Revelation. We know what that says. I don't know what kind of scars and wounds he carried after coming out of that boiling vat of oil. But he died a, a natural death then some years later of old age, and he died peacefully. And I believe the others that died in, in martyrdom died peacefully as well because they were able to stand the test. The tests of time that come our way, and I don't, I'm not here to tell you this morning how many tests you're going to have, but you're going to have tests, and so will I. We're going to have things that are not pleasant. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says like this, starting at verse 5. It says, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son, 
Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he of whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Did you catch that? This stuff happens to be, so we can be a partaker of his holiness. <laughs> it, it makes us a better child of God if we can come through some difficult times and not have to throw up our hands and say, what's the use? I think we have to remember this morning, what is the cause behind our Christian relationship with Jesus Christ? What, what is at stake this morning? It, it's not just some kind of a walk in the park. I don't like when people say, well, when you become a Christian, and this has probably been said to people, I don't know, I don't say it. When you become a Christian, everything's going to work out for you. Everything will be fine. You, you won't have any obstacles. I'm here to tell you that's not the way it is. You are going to have some good times in life, but you're going to have some hard, hard, hard things to go through. Whether it's physical things, whether it's relational things, whether it's church problems, I don't care what it is. There are some things. There was a time in my life just a few years ago, I was ready to throw up my hands and say, I'm done with church work. I wasn't done with Christianity, but I was done with church work. But through a course of things that were told me, I continued on under some heavy stress for a while. And as I look back from that experience, I can see where God was moving through the people that told me what they think, what they would recommend I do. None of them insisted I do, but they encouraged me to keep on going on. Keep on going forward. I, I, I struggle today, and I don't understand. I, I, I'm friends with a lot of men. It's happened right in our community recently again, over the last six months, I would say. Two ministers of the gospel in, in neighboring churches that, I'm, that I know personally have said, I quit. And I, I'm, not, I'm not here to degrade them. I'm not here to say what they should have done. Because I know where they were at. <laughs> I don't know all the details. I don't have to know that. But, but they're done with their ministry, for the most part. They've walked away from their responsibility. And I don't, I, I don't know. I think, I'm not sure how to view all that yet. It says, Now no chasing for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which were exercised thereby. Chasting, correction, refining. You know what we are by nature? We're the children of wrath. We are sinners by nature. That's the way we come into this world. And unless we have a transforming experience at the, at the foot of the cross, our life will be a, a wretched life. But as we have made that transformation, have walked in holiness and have, have sought the Lord's face in our lives... All of a sudden, something happens that we don't understand. And we, we can easily say, okay, if that's Christianity, then I don't want any part of it. 
when we should be asking questions like this, God, what do you want to show me through this experience? And I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning, you can't make everybody happy all the time. <laughs> I don't know how you find it in life, but there are some times that you go through things and, and you have to face things, you deal with things. I don't care if you're parents, if you're a minister of the gospel, or if, or if you're a school teacher, or whatever you, whatever area of work you find working with people, you're going to face some things that you're going to come up against. You're going to say, oh, I just wish this wouldn't be. I, I, I get there pretty often. <laughs> I, I'd rather run from some of this stuff than face it. <laughs> and I know there's some people, not very many, but there's people out here that... Uh, think I'm a little bit out of, out of left field, I guess. I don't know where they think I'm at, but I understand that. I still try to love those people, still try to communicate with them when I have opportunities. Uh, don't, don't walk away from chasing. He gives the illustration here of when we were growing up as children, we all needed some correction, right? We all needed it, whether we all got it <laughs> is another story. <laughs> And if you never got any correction, if you never got any chastity, if you were never corrected for wrongdoings in your life, you should have been. <laughs> it's good for us. No, no, no chasing for the present seems to be joyous. It's grievous. I didn't enjoy getting a spanking when I was growing up. I did not enjoy that. But as I look back, I look at it now as, that. you know what? That was good for me. I had to, I had to face some things in life that, that I didn't like. I'll give this story for, for whatever good you can get out of it. I'm not promoting, I'm not here to tell you right or wrong, but I remember as, as a sixth grade boy, about the age of these little guys up here, I, we moved from, from the state of Iowa where I was born into the state of Wisconsin. I walked into a, I went from a, I was always in public school, never attended a private Christian school. I was always in public school, but I, I remember making that move, and I was in a public school there in Iowa where there was a large Mennonite community like, we are, like you're in here and we are back home. And, and uh, you know, most of, most of the students in that school were, you know, no, nobody really got made fun of. <laughs> well, I walked into a school with 150 students in my class alone, roughly 150. Ended up graduating through that, that high school. But I'm here to tell you, it wasn't always easy. <laughs> but I attributed a lot of that that I gained, and I didn't always do what I should have done. I, I'm not here to tell you that. But there were some hard lessons that I had to learn. One of them was to stand alone sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you and I as Christians need to stand alone. When, every, when everybody else is doing it, doesn't mean that it's right. <laughs> You know, the, the, the normal thing out here is, well, just join the crowd. Just get in the flow. But as Christians, we need to stand up against some of those things. And one of the things I remember, along with others, but one that, one that stands out in particular to me <laughs> was this. And I, I'm, I'm going to give this for what it's worth. I'm not here to try to tell you how to live. But one of the things that, that my mom and dad didn't want me to do is wear... Uh, to gym class, they didn't want me to wear short pants, so, uh, and the church didn't either, where we were part of. So I, every year I had to write 
get a written statement from my parents to take to the teacher and tell them that this is the way it is. And you know what? They always respected that. They respected that decision. And you know, I don't recall, maybe a little, I don't ever recall really getting made fun of that. I was the only one out of a whole bunch of guys. <laughs> now that, take that for what it's worth, but that taught me some things, just that one incident, there's others, taught me some things about life that are still worthwhile today. Sometimes you, you don't just, you, you have to stand alone. That was not my decision. That was a decision that was given to me for, for my well-being. And so those are some things in life that sometimes we, we, we face and we come up against, along with a host of other things. And I, I remember just on different occasions, you know, when it, when it seemed so easy just to get into the, to the mix and the flow, I was the only Mennonite student in that whole class of 150. There was other men, a few other Mennonites in the school, but I was the only one in my own class. And there were other times that I, I had to be the, quote, oddball, if you want to call it that, in different other instances. But chasing or correction. Hebrews 12 is very clear on that, that it's part of our Christian experience. Now let's, let's go back to verses 1 to 4 of that same chapter. It says, and the reason we, we face this, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. This is talking about Jesus, our high priest. The one that went through, you talk about us having hardships, it doesn't even light a match to what he experienced in his life. It really doesn't. He faced so much opposition, he faced so much ridicule, and people disowned him, and they walked away from him, and they tried to kill him, and they finally got that accomplished. And so God understands when we face chasing in our lives. He allows things to come into our lives to make us a better fit for the kingdom of heaven. Someday we are going to understand, and we're going to, have, we're going to find out the answers. Right now we still see through a glass darkly. But then someday, face to face, we will see him. And all things are going to be made new. I'm not going to take the time to do it this morning, but in order to face this kind of chastisement and the things that, that God allows to come into your life and, and my life on a, on a regular basis, we have to go then to Ephesians 6 and, and look at the armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There's nothing that would, that would please the devil more this morning if this whole bunch of people would say, what's the use? Let's, let's just forget about the gospel and we'll just do our own thing. It takes effort to be a child of the king. You can't, you can't be on easy street. You have to stay in tune with God. 
I don't think we should walk around with a poor little attitude, poor little me attitude. That's not what I'm talking about this meeting. Look at me. Look what I have to go through. Look at all the things. Don't you feel sorry for me? No, not that. But as we come to these times in life, we rally around each other and say, all right, I see, I see what you're going through. I understand in part what you're going through. I'll, I'll be there for you. I'll walk with you. Do you ever notice when you look at the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6, there's nothing, it does not talk about anything on your back for protection, which is an indicator to me that it's, the Christian life is a life of moving forward, not backing up. We move forward. We face opposition head on with God on our side. And then he asks us to bear fruit. I don't know much about, if we, John 15, we're not going to turn to that, but if you want to read that again, John 15 is the vine chapter. I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not an apple tree grower or a peach tree grower or any of those kind of things, but my understanding is that pruning is a very, very, very more important part of a good pro, uh, to get a good yield. They take those trees and they prune at certain times of the years and they cut off this branch and this branch. So something that is bearing fruit. So we, they trim this and they trim that. And at some, some point, whenever the conditions are just right, they have a good, a good fruit comes forward. That's what God is wanting to do with you and me this morning. Every now and then, he'll cut something out of our lives. He'll bring something into your life that doesn't seem right. But stop and take a moment to think about that before you make a quick decision. One of the things that, that a man, older than I, that we had consulted with a lot of in church work over the years, I called him after my wife persistently said, you need to call him, you need to call him, when I was ready to throw up my hands. And I'll give this for what it's worth. This is what he told me. He said, I'm not going to tell you what to do, he said, but it's never good, it's never good to make a major decision when your emotions are running high. And as I thought of that, that's exactly what was going on. My emotions were high, at a high level. And I wanted to get even with some people. But you know what? That wasn't the time. There was not a time for that. God wanted to use that incident. I, I pondered that, and I finally figured out, you know what? He's right. Don't make major decisions when your emotions are running high, because your emotions will do some things to you sometimes that you shouldn't. They're there for a reason. Don't get me wrong. We all have them. But don't, don't let them dictate your life to the point where you say, I give up. It's not worth it. I'd like to turn yet, yet to the book of Galatians this morning and just look at some of those things, or just a couple verses, I should say. Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10. <clears throat> He says like this, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Yes, the road gets weary sometimes. I've, I know what that's like. You know what? We've been there. Don't be weary in that well-doing. Don't, don't let it get you down to the point. It'll get you down, but don't let it get down where it totally destroys you. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. We have a responsibility to everybody that we meet in the course of a week. 
we're leaving some kind of impression, impact on people. And how much more should we be doing that with one another as the body of Christ? To spur each other on. When you see a brother or sister down, and they're going through a tough time, step in and help them carry the load the best you know how. We could look at examples of Joseph in the Old Testament, the man Job. These men faced things that you and I really don't understand. We've never been thrown into a pit. It feels like it sometimes. But just because, I want to emphasize this morning, just because life gets hard doesn't mean that we give up. Someday, by and by, we will understand. May God help us to that end. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you again for allowing us to meet together with your people. I pray a blessing upon each one here this morning and the, and the issues of life that are, are coming our way. We're living in a world of chaos, uncertainty, but we serve you, the one that is forever faithful from the beginning to the end. And we place our hand in yours this morning, knowing that you will never leave us nor forsake us because you promised you wouldn't. Thank you again for all you do for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.